0: Welcome everybody back to the Vinyl Detroit podcast. This is the fourth episode. My name is Brian, and I'm happy you found my little corner of the web. So, you know, why the podcast? And really the whole purpose of the podcast is to give any music listener exposure to albums they may have never heard or ever listened to before. But after maybe hearing what you've heard here today, you maybe will check out the artist further. After listening, I would definitely recommend going over to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music, and check out more releases by the artist. In the show notes, I've now started to include playlists that you'll be able to find on Spotify where you can hear some of the tracks that we played today, plus you know, more tracks by the artist. So sit back, relax, give me about 10 to 15 minutes of your day here, and maybe you'll hear something that you'll like, maybe something that'll expand your musical horizons. This show has been so much fun to produce. I can't even tell you. I've had so much positive feedback by the listeners, by the folks on Instagram. Uh, we have a group on Facebook now. And I just started a Twitter account as well for those of you that are on Twitter. Very proud of everything so far that, that, that this podcast has done. We've had great interviews with Shoestrings, we've done an interview with Unrest's Mark Robinson. Hopefully you heard those. If not, I would definitely give them a listen. I think they're all really, really good, really, really interesting. But for today's episode, let's jump right in. And this episode is uh, going to stay in the good old U.S. of A at this time. And uh, we're going to talk about a band that, frankly, I really wore out their, their CDs between the years 96 and 2000, maybe a little bit earlier than that. It comes from four fine lads who met at Yale who formed a band and put together a run of three of the finest indie albums of the 90s, in my opinion. With that, today's episode will spotlight the stellar March Records 1996 release, Ready, Steady, Go, by Holiday. Holiday was formed in 1992 when Josh Jeannette, Andrew Park, Matt Snow all formed Wimp Rocket. In 93, they added Paul Moyano on drums and then later Calvin Chin. The lineup was then set for what would become Holiday. The Holiday released three proper LPs and a host of 7-inch singles, as well as appearing on the legendary 1996 March Records compilation Pop American Style. The first track that we're going to hear today is the opening track from Ready Steady Go and it's titled Here We Are Again. It features what I always came to know as the signature Holiday beat, smooth rhythms, and lush, well-arranged horns. So with that, let's give Here We Are Again a spin. How did I first hear Holiday? My frequent partner in crime Mario Swow of Shoestrings once told me that I had to give Holiday a listen. Now, I don't recall really where I got my hands on their debut album, 1995 self-titled Holiday, but after hearing the first few bars, I remember being hooked. It just—it had tight musicianship, the horns, stellar production, and Holiday really had everything that I loved in a record. You know, pair that with Josh Jeanette's gentle but honest lyrics and you'll have what really, what I always felt, painted a very vivid picture in my mind's eye. His voice was what I felt was probably one of the more unique vocal approaches of that time and really what I felt set Holiday apart from the others. It was very, very distinctive. Most tracks really clock in at under three minutes, which I know I love. The next track we're going to hear is Gent. It's the second track from Ready Steady Go. It has always been one of my favorite holiday songs. With that, let's give Jen a spin.
1: Let's take a ride to Mystic Don't think the harm's a distin'
0: opportunity to hang with the band a few times. Uh, The first time that that I met them was at the 1996 Fest in Washington DC. Holiday was playing and so was Mario and Rose's band Shoestrings. This was the infamous festival that went on during an absolutely massive snowstorm, one that I've never seen before in the DC area and actually only half of the festival went on due to the amount of snow. A really cool fact was that while we were there we stayed at Pam Berry's house of the famous black tambourine. And I always felt like I lived the rock life that time because we slept on the floor of a second-story bedroom. One of my most vivid memories, though, of Holiday at the festival was being at someone's house. And I don't know whose house it was. And Josh and Matt found a copy of the Shaft soundtrack, and they were super excited and kept gushing about it. And I'll be honest, I'd heard a Shaft, but I'd never really heard the soundtrack. And since then, I've really discovered it. I actually own it here. And I love that soundtrack, and I really, I guess, attribute it to That Snowy Night in Washington. It really is a masterpiece, but without spending time with with Matt and Josh and the band, I would have never found that. So for the next track, we're going to give a listen to How Do You Know. It's driving drums and masterful intertwining guitars by Josh and Matt Snow make this one of my absolute favorites of the album. Let's give it a spin. went on to play a few more shows with Holiday, one of which I recall fondly. It was a holiday pop festival in Detroit where Shoestrings played, Holiday was there, and it was at the legendary Zoots Coffee in Detroit. Any of you who've been there or have heard the stories about Zoots, they're all true. It's actually a house that is, it's actually still standing on Cass Avenue, and at the time, it was an area where your mother would tell you you probably shouldn't go, And one of those nights that we were there, and I don't know if it was this night, I remember seeing a gentleman going down the street with a big television in a a shopping cart. And that should tell you a little bit about the neighborhood. But Zoots was legendary. It was a house, and really when you set up to play, you actually played in the living room. It was very cool, very much that mid-90s vibe. There's a fun fact also about that show where I was playing bass for Shoestrings that night, and I didn't have a bass. I still don't own a bass and Andrew Park was nice enough to allow me to play his super-sweet Rickenbacker bass for the show, which I actually have a photo of here at Vinyl Detroit headquarters. I actually look at it pretty fondly, and in fact, I think there's a photo of myself on the Vinyl Detroit uh, Instagram account, or maybe it's on the Shoestrings account, I'm not sure, of, of myself and Mario on stage, and I'm actually holding that bass. As far as the art direction design for the album... Holiday was able to get designer extraordinaire and one of my old pals Matthew Jacobson to do the design. I love it, it's distinctive, it features four photos of the boys, each photo of them with a neatly tied necktie and a fold-out booklet. The design, as Matt always seemed to nail, just captured the attitude of the band and their overall feel. One thing that always set Holiday apart for me, from the other bands of the era at that time, was the production value. Dave Trumfio and the band brought a polished sound to this record without ever losing that independent spirit that, that I always really enjoyed. So for the next track, we're going to take a listen to Who's Going to Find Out. Again, signature drums form a solid base for the melodies. The raw sound of Josh's Maple Glow Rickenbacker are definitely front and center in this one. Let's go ahead and give Who's Going to Find La, Out a spin. Every time I saw Holiday play, they performed in a suit and tie, which, you know, not too ironically, really was the spirit of the design of the album. But I was always enamored with that approach. I always thought that it echoed back to the Beatles and other acts of the 60s. Later, bands like The National performed in suit jackets and ties, which always brought me back to the days of seeing Holiday rock every stage that they graced. Now, unfortunately, not everything can last forever and Holiday disbanded in 1997, shortly after their show at the New York Pop Fest. According to Tweenet, Holiday's 1997 brilliant follow-up to Ready, Steady, Go was Café Reggio, which was released posthumously on Spin art Records after the band broke up. It's a strong release that I've always felt held the tension of a band nearing the end of its epic run. Once again, featuring art direction and design by Matthew Jacobson, and it also featured my dear friend Rose Suau's sister Teresa as the cover star this time around. If you like what you've heard today on these tracks from Ready Steady Go I would definitely check out the tracks on Cafe Reggio which I'll include in the playlist in the show notes. It's a great place to dig deeper into the holiday catalog. Now one last fun fact before we close the show here is that Cafe Reggio is sadly the only holiday album to get a proper vinyl release. I own a copy of it, and it's a fantastic-sounding record even today. Maybe one day we'll get a vinyl release of Ready, Steady, Go. I think that'd be great. I know I'd be the first one in line to probably pick it up. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the Vinyl Detroit Podcast. Feel free to leave a comment or drop me an email at vinyldetroit.podcast at gmail.com. As always, this podcast can be found on your favorite platforms. I also have a Facebook group now, like I mentioned earlier, that if you haven't liked already, now's a great time to do so. It allows fans of the podcast to share with each other what they think of the show, and I'll sometimes put tips and and clues out there as to maybe upcoming episodes. With that, the last track we're going to hear today is the closing track from Ready, Steady, Go, and it's titled The Likely End of Our Best Days. This track is definitely one of the album's defining moments and is really a must-hear. The Likely End of Our Best Days title and aura always signaled to me that Holiday wasn't going to be around forever. It's the perfect track to close an album like Ready Steady Go, and in my opinion, still sounds fresh today nearly 25 years later. So with that, from 1996's Ready Steady Go by Holiday, here's a sample of the closing track titled The Likely End of Our Best Days. Let's give it a spin.